In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Did you see how our gospel text reveals both Jesus' divinity and his humanity? Did you see the difference between his priorities and ours? When we begin to look at this text, we see Jesus leaving church and visiting the house of Peter and Andrew while James and John accompany them. And in this house, we find Peter's mother-in-law, which is our first clue that Peter is married. Another clue comes all along later in Paul's letter to the Corinthians when he asks, do we not have a right to take along a believing wife, as do the other apostles and the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? 1 Corinthians 15.5. Cephas is another name for Peter. So it's very interesting that, Pete, that Paul argues that it's a right of the apostles, but there are some who would deny pastors or clergy from being married. Perhaps it's God's sense of humor that Peter, who is claimed by some to be the first pope, has a wife, while Paul extols the state of being single and chaste. Now to the point, Peter's mother-in-law is very sick. Luke indicates that it was a great fever. Mark shows by the word choice he has that the fever is burning. She's feverish and lying down ill. They tell Jesus about her and he walks over to her and grabs her hand and the fever leaves her and she's instantly well, so much so she gets up and begins to serve them. After all, they're guests in her home and so she exhibits the hospitality that you would normally give somebody but previously she was too ill to do so. She's healed. But not only her, the whole town found healing as they gathered at Peter's house and Jesus healed them from the various illnesses and diseases and cast out demons. In these miraculous healings, we see that Jesus is God. We see his divine power at work and these instant cures that he provides. We also see that Jesus is bringing the kingdom and reign of God that he is proclaiming as coming. The gracious rule and reign of God is present with him. It's here now. And these miraculous healings underscore this. And incidentally, this is one thing that sets Jesus apart from the wonder workers that were present in the world during the first century. While they may have worked showy miracles that may bear some resemblance to the ones that Jesus did, these other miracle workers were never understood as the beginning of God's reign. They were nothing more than people whose supposed miracles were of dubious origins. 
The few recorded in Scripture appear to be self-serving individuals whose power doesn't compare to that which Jesus grants his apostles. Now, many may be present simply to obtain their own miracle here from Jesus, but there's also a sense here that Jesus is more than a miracle worker. When all the people are seeking him, he doesn't remain there as one would expect from someone who's interested in obtaining his own glory, power, and fame. No, he secretly leaves and goes to other places. After all, he has come to bring God's reign, not simply to serve himself. Now, as I said before, Jesus' humanity is evident too. He leaves the people and he prays. He seeks time alone with God the Father. He gets away from everyone in order to pray. And when his disciples find him, they argue with him about what he is doing, and he argues with them. You can hear the argument with the disciples. What are you doing out here, Jesus? Everybody's looking for you. Come on back. No, no, let's go to other towns around here, for I need to preach in these places also. After all, that is what I have come to do. Jesus has come primarily to preach. He's come to declare the good news of what he intends to do and work. He isn't there to provide doctor care and give temporary healings. He's come to bring God's reign and rule of mercy and grace. He's come to herald the forgiveness of God for mankind, the healing of our souls that will also bring about the healing of our bodies. But the people here seem to be more concerned with the physical healings so that they can continue their lives in this sinful world. They would be happy if Jesus stayed around to heal them, but the world did not really change. And this is the problem we also have. We get caught up in the here and now. We get caught up in this world. God didn't leave us here to establish an earthly kingdom. He left his bride here as a witness to others. He called us to be present here and now for the sake of other people that they might come to believe, that they might come to faith, and that those who remain might be strengthened in their faith. It's not the only work we have here. After all, he's called us to love one another and grow in Christ and in his word. Yet the main reason we're still here is to be lights pointing to Jesus. His church is here to preach and proclaim Christ and through such teaching and baptizing, make disciples of Jesus. But we get caught up in establishing our own fiefdoms or in making the culture war the primary reason for the church to be here. And I'm not saying it's not important to fight and stand for what is good and right, because it is. But it's not the main purpose of God's people. 
If we make it the main purpose, we get things backwards and fight a battle that we cannot win because our focus is not on Christ and loving our neighbor, but on our victory and our convenience. It's not on the heavenly, but on the earthly. So turn your eyes to the heavenly. Turn your eyes to God who has come down in human flesh to heal you from the greatest sickness, the sickness of sin. That, if left untreated, results in an eternal burning. Look to God. Die in your place, taking the fires of hell on the cross for you and me. He bears the sickness of sin on the cross and you are delivered and you are made whole. His bloodshed is the cure for you. And he brings you by his blood into his family and a new life, his life. You are united to him in baptism. And you were blessed with his cure to sin, the medicine of his blood. This medicine he gives to you in his supper. And by this medicine, he grants to you the healing of your soul. So eat and drink and be healed. Eat and drink and be assured that your sin illness cannot withstand his healing blood. His medicine imparts to you his immortality so that you cannot die. And even if you do die, yet shall you live. You are in the care of Jesus, the great physician. His healing is at work in you already. Already your fever has ended and you have begun to serve him. For you are no longer bound by sin to evil, self-centered works. You're free from this illness running your life. Yes, it clings for now to your flesh, but Jesus' cure keeps it in check. Depart then in the certainty of his cure and healing given to you by his lifeblood. Get up and serve the Lord, not because you have to, but because you can now love and return to his love. Christ has applied his healing word to you. And so you are healed. That is, you are forgiven. After all, he came to preach and proclaim that God's kingdom has come which means his grace delivers you from the sickness of this world into an eternal and everlasting kingdom with him. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.